So, Jessalyn, question for you. Yes. What do you get when you put two Jews, a bowl of hummus, <laughs> a girl bone in Wales, a bowl of nuts, an empty bowl of chips, and uh, some hummus, or sorry, and some celery together? Um. What do you get? I don't know. Sounds like quite a mix. Are we the bowl of nuts or are we eating a bowl of nuts? Uh, okay. A, a, a collective bowl of nuts and a then collective. a literal bowl of nuts. Um, yeah. <laughs> you get Thrivecast is what you get. Woo! Welcome to Thrivecast. Welcome back. Yeah. This is going to be fun. a fun one it today. It is so fun. So we also have another guest and I'll let Jocelyn talk about this guest. Um, she's a amazing person that we've got with and we're actually down at her house and she's been feeding us and... So hopefully it won't burp or anything like that. But, you know, life goes on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. Anything could happen. Anything could and happen. This is Thrivecast. Anything could happen. Anything. Because this mean, is live. Actually, it's, it's a limited live, number of things okay. that could happen. But but we say anything to make it, you know, sensationalized. See, that right. way you guys are interested that and way you, you want to keep think listening. It's actually interesting. I mean, it is interesting, but now it makes you think it's interesting. Exactly. Oh, I don't know. Something like Something that. Like I don't know what he's saying, guys. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Well, why don't you introduce our guest? Okay. Sounds like a plan. All right, so today we have with us the amazing Cheryl Stoller. She is the founder of Stoller Parent Coaching. You can find her at stollerparentcoaching.com. She's incredible. She's a parent, a speaker, and a PCI-certified parent coach. She's the parent of three intense, gifted children who are now thriving young adults, and she specializes in coaching the parents of gifted twice exceptional intense children and so if you don't know what twice exceptional is we'll have her talk about it but basically um we learned this working with her and talking with her that it's when you're gifted but you also have a disability difficulty or something other complications so there's two you're twice exceptional there's two different exceptions i guess yeah adhd autism yeah. that but kind of a thing they're not tax exemption exceptions it <laughs> <laughs> would be awesome we could all write off tons of things we're twice exceptional That's twice ex- and just like i are married i'm sure we're twice exceptional so three we could get, times be like exceptional quadruple i mean like is there to the core like the i'm fourth five power? times exceptional uh, how much money how is much, this saving how much me, exceptional guys? can i get i'd like some ta- <laughs> tax exceptions please yeah. All right. Anyways. So she's dedicated to ensuring that parents are equipped with what they need to help themselves and their children thrive. Yeah. So we're really excited to have her on today. Thank you so much for coming, Cheryl. It is such a pleasure and clearly fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cheryl hasn't been on a podcast yet. She's We've met with her quite a few times, but uh, we're a little sillier on the podcast, so it's going to be fun. So Cheryl, uh, tell us, I put it in my words, that uh, government should give me write-offs for being twice exceptional, but I don't think that's what it really is, and maybe you can give a little better <laughs> definition for it or whatever. So. Okay, so... And we'll probably interject and interrupt you but you know what we're just That's kind of what? a bowl of nuts i think that we already established <laughs> like we already, that we already established that so everyone is expecting that so just, just roll oh with it and that's truly seeing the as is of who we are and yeah. who our children are in any given moment i mean that shifts and mm-hmm. thriving is actually not resisting that thriving is when we just sort of get to be and notice and attuned to letting us accept, oh, this is where we are right now. This is who we are. And that who we are relative to twice exceptional is there are areas of giftedness that people assume it's got to be like Sheldon Cooper on the Big Bang. It's it's not just that. (laughs) That's like the profoundly gifted in certain areas. It's not just cognitive. You've got athletes who are athletically 
gifted. Mm, You've got um, artists, creativity, these brilliant minds, architects. I mean, you've got, there are so many realms in which to be gifted. Some of the ones that are not identified necessarily or known in general about sensitivity, sensitivity both in terms of what our our body feels tactily from the inside and the out through all of our senses as well as picking up energy from other people and picking up emotions that Mm -hmm. we're just really phenomenal at so so to to ask a question on that so someone who's um has a high emotional intelligence is gifted. That could be a level of choice, exceptional, or giftedness. Exactly. Yeah. And it's interesting that you said it that way because often the flip side, so you mentioned ADHD as a one of the twice exceptionalities. It's also a gift. Right. Those people, people who have this either type, any type, are usually incredibly creative, incredibly robust in their uh, ability to um, keep on noticing exactly what it is that people... I just had to move some shells. I just felt like that needed to happen right now. So it was sorry, messing Cheryl. with yeah, we, the, 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 the feng shui of the shells in this room are just not quite... Let me move a couple more. Here we go. Yeah, there we go. All right. So all now, right, now, the, the, now shells, the shells are situated. Guys, I think I you'll think, be able to feel the difference. I think difference you'll understand the, shells the way are perfectly that, situated. Yes. I mean, there's a room. couple out over there, but I'm not going to say anything about it. Is this Cheryl's house? I, I think those ones ins- are good. They those like, are good. They bounce off the sound. <laughs> yeah. You know, give a, <laughs> give a right <laughs> amount of echo because you always need echo in a podcast. You always need right? echo and shells. <clears throat> we need shells. some shells. That's what we've been missing all this while. Anyway, Cheryl, so. Um, <laughs> ADHD. Yeah, yeah. I was Squirrel. Watching, okay. I was watching hey, Ted hey. talk. He was talking with Shafali Spari, and all of a sudden, in the middle of mid sentence, he turns to, "Oh wow, that's a really cool lamp. What is that about?" And this is the middle of this is huge auditorium. He says, "Welcome to ADHD. We notice things and we we get distracted, but it's." I think it was a great example of me just moving the shell. I right. had to move these shells. You had to move, and it was completely unrelated to anything going on in what you're saying. But and it proved your point, so I it works actually well. worked. And that the um <laughs> the difference between. Often we don't have to have a quote unquote. Well, there is the twice exceptional really is about learning differences, whether it's how we process language, whether it's auditory processing, whether it's speech, whether it's um, sensory processing issues. And I want to just sort of point out that Jessalyn and Ben are watching my hands move all the all over the place <laughs> as I talk. You talk on an audio podcast. Yes. I talk we do that all the time. Because that, that part, knowing that the kinesthetic, the movement yes. of a body, really is an important tool. Knowing, yes. being conscious of our body. But back to the subject of toys exceptional <laughs> and thriving. When we know ourselves and we know that there's a a, a, a exceptionality in terms of how we process life uh-huh. relative to the things that we're gifted in, um, that's called twice exceptional. There's there's both happening simultaneously, but usually it's not just both. It's usually multidimensional. It's yeah. very complex. It's very interwoven, and it <clears throat> affects people 24-7. So we hadn't even heard this concept of twice mm-hmm. exceptional before talking with you, getting to know you. And, um, you know, I'm wondering, like, we kind of had some epiphanies even over the last few months of getting to talk with you a bit. 
so let's say I'm out there and I'm listening to you, Cheryl, and I'm like, twice exceptional. I've never heard of that, but that's a really interesting concept. I think I'm that. Do you have anything you could help people? And I know there's books and resources, but like right now, if they're just listening, how could they identify even themselves as that? Like, do you have any points that you could give or anything? Because I don't think this is your world. You live in it. You know it. I don't I don't know if everyone else knows. it. Yeah. And so is there anything you barely even knew what gifted meant? Yeah. Before. But but when you talk to me, so I'm going to put this back on you. When. You both decided you're twice exceptional. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a sense of it, but why? Do you get to, are you willing to yeah, share that? Sure. How it is Look at that, that how she just in. turned it around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you a lawyer or a parent coach? <laughs> so, where were no, you on the night didn't. of the 21st? Huh? <laughs> That's no, the real question here. I do want to point out, though, that part of the parent coaching is helping is, you know yeah, you understand. already know. Yeah. You're yes. helping you're you uncover what you already know. Right. Yeah. And and knowing a bigger context and framework within which to put it so that instead of making ourselves bad or wrong and judging, oh, I screwed that up or I, I, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. I'm not. Maybe I deserve not to get promoted or or mm. to, to have this situation befall me. I mean, there's so many things that our brain does with this disparity, and there's another term I'm going to throw out there, not to confuse it more, but to confuse it more, (laughs) asynchrony. So it doesn't even have to be a learning difference. You can have other um, arenas in which you're just sort of right where you need to be in terms of the flow and of development. But as from birth to wherever you are now, you know what excellence is in that area in which you're gifted. Mm-hmm. And you see that gap. Like, you, th- you feel like everything's supposed to be that way. Mm-hmm. So that having the gift re- and being living your life and knowing, I don't experience the rest of life that way in terms of that incredible arena of ease and brilliance and enjoying challenge in that area or or could be not even enjoying it it could just be knowing that that's that's what's yeah. intense for me right um that asynchrony screws with our minds so let me give an example from my own life and yeah. see Thank if you. that's what you're getting Talk at just to help people understand so like um and you can come either like oh yeah that's what i'm saying no that's not what i'm saying um or you can move some more shells around it doesn't matter whatever whatever (laughs) feels right this is thrive you could throw the bowl of nuts in the air or or we could all jump up and down and then then we would throw the bowl of nuts in the air um (laughs) so i think i know you're gonna say too so i'm excited um i like it when my wife talks You should see her little nose crunching. Really sweet. <laughs> so cute. I like this guy a lot. Aww. Very cute. Uh, Go ahead. If your face could only get a little redder. <laughs> <laughs> you Brit. Oh, I know. So British. Um, So I started like talking in full sentences very, very young. I was in college by the time I was 15. I could not keep my room clean to save my life it looked like a tornado would go through there i had a really hard time with like super like basic life things like i need to go wash the dishes i need to go to a store and buy something like anxiety attack kind of like i cannot handle this whereas i could like i was doing 
like graduate level music theory as a 16 year old and it wasn't an issue is that the kind of like absolutely disparity there absolutely that that is is a prime example of it and how do we how do we help ourselves either get outside resources to help us with the other things that we're not so good at because there it's a skill gap there's skill gap that our brain is and our whole system is not pre-wired for and it doesn't mean we can never learn Mm -hmm. but you got to work a little harder you have to work harder and smarter and and getting resources that that know how to tap into the strengths to help feel safe in trying what's hard yeah because without it because often our brains go i'm no good when i'm having a hard time doing something Mm -hmm. as opposed to that's just hard versus i'm no good because Mm -hmm. i because it's hard yeah yeah and that well and it's a hard place to be in because it's like you look at the other areas of your life and the people look at the other areas of your life and they're like okay but you can you're brilliant you can do all this stuff why can't you do this Mm -hmm. and i then you look at yourself well if i can do this why 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 can't can't i do this and then you start to look at you know oh well maybe i'm not actually that smart maybe it's maybe i'm just a fraud and i'm actually this messy room person (laughs) over here you know and it's like it's a it's a hard thing to balance it is and i think a lot of it i've heard you say just like be okay with where you're at you know those kind of things are really helpful i know for jesslyn because it was like and it's like no just just look at it and just be okay with it sit in it feel what you're gonna feel don't let it overwhelm you i'm misquoting you but i'm sure it's close yeah you you're you're close it's 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 turning towards yourself and seeing the real picture i mean one example that i give is for people who respond well in crisis it's because, in part, they're not resisting the facts of the case in this mm-hmm. moment here yeah, and now. Exactly. They're not saying, oh, I wish this hadn't happened. It's sort of like, this is the way it is right now. What are my options? Yep. Yeah. Whereas in our everyday life, we don't, it's so much resistance to why did they do that? Why is this happening? Why am I doing that? Why? Mm-hmm. I wish, I wish it were something different. And that's when we get stuck in this in this vortex and and uh, trap doors, versus okay, what is the actual fact of the situation? I am too flooded to do X. Mm-hmm. I can't do X right now. So so for example, I was supposed to be giving a talk tomorrow, and something's going on in my life that <clears throat> I know part of me is in that situation. Right. Not parenting related, so I don't need to share it here. Um, for your sake. <laughs> anyway, the I canceled a class I'm supposed to be giving tomorrow. But this I can do because Jessalyn and the relationship. Mm-hmm. Boy, does that circle back to thriving. <laughs> what helps us in all of these circumstances is relationship. Yeah, yeah that's good. We can good. only shift and thrive in relationship. Yeah. The only way out of reactive mind really is relationship, and that doesn't mean you always have to have a person around you. Relationship with ourselves, mm-hmm. the self-compassion, the ability to, and they know now know the neuroscience of it in terms of when we turn away from something, it tells the brain, wow, this really must be danger. When we're mm-hmm. trying to ignore what we're feeling or what the situation is, 
Whereas when we turn towards it, towards ourself, oh, look at me, I'm, I'm going through something that's really hard. We get to, um, tells the brain, you're safe, it must be safe to do this. And it, it engages the right prefrontal, prefrontal cortex that opens up our brain to, for the creativity, the, the thinking, because of that relationship. Mm-hmm. We had to first get, and I'm pointing yeah. to the back of my head, sort of like <laughs> the in-between right in the middle, the amygdalas, the reactive uh. brain, to the relational, emotional brain. And that relational, emotional brain is what gives us access to the reasoning brain. Yeah, wow, that's, that's good. Really good. <clears throat> I know one thing for me, and this might sound silly, but I don't care. You can think I'm silly. Um, chickens. This chickens do it for me. Thinking that you're silly. That's so. <laughs> already yeah. Chickens. <laughs> Tell me about chickens. chickens. So, Jessalyn knows this trick already with me. I'll be working on something, struggling, trying to get it done, and or get frustrated by something, and I just need to go see my chickens. I have mm-hmm. six chickens, and they're right outside the thing. I go dump the little food of our, you know, our scraps and stuff, or I go collect the eggs, or you know, let them feed out of my hand. If but a lot of times, even I just kind of get near them. It's like the exactly what you're saying. It goes from this fight or flight thing going on or whatever it is and gets me into like, oh, cool. I can be rational now, you mm-hmm. know, he'll and it's so totally silly, different. It's, it's just so like, silly, but it works. I just love my chickens too. And so. frustrating <laughs> or frustrated and frustrating. frustrating. Wow. <laughs> uh, Hi, <Jocelyn>. <laughs> no fights on the podcast. <laughs> this just isn't fight cast. This is a thrive cast. Fight cast. Wow. <laughs> No, I love my husband dearly, everybody. Um, no, but he'll go out. I'll be like, Ben, you need to go talk to your chickens. <laughs> yeah. And he'll go out and he'll come in and he'll be peaceful. And then okay, I don't to come talk back to, to the, the chickens like, but well, I don't have a conversation with them. I do call, I say chickens. And stuff I like tell that. him he needs to talk to the chickens. Whether he talks to the chickens or not, I don't know. Yeah. So but I'm not he, saying that the... the I didn't say the chickens talk to you, no. so I think that's oh, they where do, we though. need to they draw the line. And they, 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 chickens love me. They, they are communicating. They are, that's and true. that relational. But but it nature. is, and that's but then or sometimes like one of the things, before we were married, I would like every morning I would get up and I would need to see a person. Like I would get in my head and I'd be struggling with the issues of life, whatever it was, paying bills or getting projects done or whatever i needed to do doing laundry whatever and i'm like i need to see a person you know obviously it doesn't sound the same now we just wake up like oh hey there's a person this is great so i don't have anymore but uh (laughs) 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 this is great but uh can i I just interject of course because there are um no no only we can do that (laughs) (laughs) it's a very double standard Part of this yes relationship we absolutely need other people and other and nature and and living beings but we forget to be there for ourselves mm-hmm. as the other being because yeah. every every other sentient being out there is already in their own stuff. Mm-hmm. And we really can't rely on them being totally aligned and centered and, and being able to be this connected, authentic self with us in any mm-hmm. given moment. Yeah, And that's true of our children. That's true of the people we live with, co-parents, teachers everything our turning to ourselves and our knowing that we we're there for us is really a huge part of thriving so what's thriving look like thriving looks like having a relationship 
with ourselves that's overflowing in abundance mm. so that it we are totally open to wherever anybody else is mm. so that we can become aware of it, attuned to it, accept the as-is of the moment so we can... They like my, my tool, Sazozi. She has great. So, Cheryl, I told her before that, I'm like, you have to talk about Sazozi. We use it just about every day. And whether we consciously do it or say it or just kind of do it um, unconsciously or subconsciously or unconsciously. Overconsciously. <laughs> I knock her out and then she <laughs> does this. Consciously. Side consciously. Before consciously. consciously Post consciously. Any of the consciouslys we want to do. Um, <laughs> we, well, we do that. I mean, I don't know which conscience is. doesn't matter. But talk about Sazozi. All right. Okay. okay. So, so, so zoom out. The, the idea being So that spell it though because they need to see it. See it. it. S- their, their initials, S period, A period, self-aware, Z period, O period, zoom out, Z period, I period, zoom in. Sozozi. Okay. So um, in that being connected to oneself, we can then clearly zoom out. When we're self-aware, both in terms of what messages our body sending us, using our body to help us get out of wherever we're stuck. You moved. Part of your going to your chickens mm, is you physically moving. moving. Yeah, that's true. And um, so the self-awareness, the body acknowledgement and, and integration with, with the rest of our whole system um, enables us, we can zoom out and discern clearly what action is being called for from me in this moment that optimizes the well-being both of my system and of the person for whom I am with as a parent, obviously the child, because we get triggered too. I mean, they're, they're triggering right. um, a huge part of the work with conscious, you've been using the word conscious a lot, Dr. Shafali Spari. Yeah. We should really write her and say, you should do some, <laughs> some unconscious parenting too. <laughs> Some subconscious, some side conscious, should, some before you know, conscious. She, I could, I, she owns it. She's hysterical of, of when she is unconscious because we're human. We are. Yeah. And that's that also puts a spotlight on, oh, look at that. I'm being that. And the more you practice noticing, and there's uh, that whole awareness piece of bringing in, um, how do you practice being aware? Mm-hmm. And if I invite everybody listening to this for the next second, maybe the next three seconds, however long it takes you to take a breath. Watch yourself take a breath. Like first have part of you go outside of yourself or behind yourself watching yourself take your breath. That was your awareness part. That part is neutral. Being aware of being aware, you're not sucked in. So adding, for example, the phrase, there's a woman, I think her name is Susan David, I'm not positive, um, did a, t- a TED Talk on I notice. Put I notice in front of any, everything because hmm. that yeah, I is the awareness I yeah. that helps you not be sucked into the activated, right. the trigger because we mirror we have something called mirror neurons that mimics what's in front of us, the right. energy, the feeling, the facial expressions, the body position, the fight mode, the flight mode. By saying, I notice my body 
tensing it's, up in the it thing. It separates it, you from right. that. So you and I did that with the hand motion too, so everyone right. could understand. You know, my two <laughs> hands went apart from each other, which is like a motion for separate. Right. Oh, yeah. is that what that meant? No, well, only I'm if sure you the can see on it. The co- um, who are listening caught it, but yeah, I didn't no, catch no, no, no. it because you know I didn't know what that. If meant. you were to stop being so unconscious. <laughs> So between the consciousness and there's a lot of uh, mentors that I absolutely love and over the years, um, I could name them all, but uh, I don't know that we have time for all that. <laughs> um, so with Dr. Shafali Spari and Susie Lula with the self-compassion part, turning towards ourself, making, taking advantage of that, um, knowing that when we are compassionate towards ourselves, we we get out of the mode of you're the enemy. Right. We, mm-hmm. Because what often we're triggered, we're not liking in them things we don't like in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Often it is some old wound is being triggered. So for example, if I didn't have a voice as a kid and my kid's not listening to me, it's like I'll be damned if I don't have a voice now as the adult. Mm. I am the adult. Mm. And you're going to listen to me. So catching ourselves, knowing my body going there, my um, the, the, the stuff going on inside of my head is really that old child, that young child in me saying, I'm grown up now. I'm not taking this anymore. Relative to our child. So, but Which when isn't we, helpful. It's not helpful. <laughs> when we, but we get to take care of the child inside of us and say, I see you. And I use that as one of my tools, my acronyms as well. Like go to the ICU, you know, when when you have an emergency. <laughs> intensive care unit. Yeah. Um, intensive care unit. Intensive care for you. Yeah, that's good. And in, and I see you. So the C being a An letter S-E, C, but actually yeah, S-E-E. S-E-E. Yeah. I see you, wound. I see you. I got this. So often it's just, okay, now I don't have to fight to be seen anymore. I need a voice. I'm giving myself a voice by actually hearing myself. You know what I'm saying? So the paradox is just by seeing and acknowledging I see you, I hear you, to yourself, that I need a voice. You're you kind of, giving uh, yourself you the kind voice. You kind of like wow. soothe the, right. the itch. You scratch the itch, so to speak, or whatever. Exactly. And then you can see the child's situation for just being what it is right. here and now. Yeah, yeah it's So good. that's part of thriving. No, that's it's good. so good. When we're there... Yeah. So do you work with, and of course, no specific examples because just protecting people, but do you work with people, do you work with forgiveness as an element of this? Because I feel like, and I'll tell you where I'm coming from, so I feel like um, <clears throat> you can see a wound that you had from a kid or whatever, and, I, and I'm under the impression, and you can have your opinion or whatever, but I'm under the impression that like, if you really don't go back, whether that person's alive or not, and acknowledge at least within yourself, I forgive them. It, it it traps you. I don't. Do you have you seen that within there, or what? Do you, what do you, your perspective on that? I come at it from a different angle. Um, it organically loses the the venom and the anger. Um, who am I to to assume that I have to forgive somebody? You know what I mean? They hmm. they were doing the best they could. Um, an example being. <clears throat> relationships with parents, families of origin, um, very complicated relationship with my mother. And I had, she had passed, and in the process, 
I got to the point of being incredibly angry, letting myself feel, because I did the self-compassion piece, and part of that is, what do you need? Talking to that part of me that's feeling that whatever showed up, I'm turning yeah. towards that part. What do you need to that part? And anger, intense anger mm -hmm. that I have not let myself feel in a long, long time. And it was as if the anger from every moment that she wasn't there for me the way she needed to, I needed her to be there for me. Anger at every one of those moments was all happening at the same time. Well, in the safely, in other words, nobody got hurt in this process. <laughs> no, things got thrown. Except um, for a bowl of nuts. We already determined that. I'm just so, kidding. So in other words, right. But, yeah. So knowing it's mine, not spewing it on anybody else, mm -hmm. not misdirecting it or projecting it into other relationships, other situations, but but being right there with it. That's what led me to something that you guys have encouraged me to go yeah. write a book about and to, we got a web page yeah, on it so that when so I finally exciting. get there is, that's why I do what I do, to help ensure that people are equipped to clear their emotional legacy yeah. so they can pass on the emotional legacy they intend with their yeah. family. So in that, then my mother became my ally. Mm -hmm. It's like, so when I would go to talks, like let's go we got work to do mom yeah it was we can we can help others do better we, we can help we, move forward right and so we together built this mm -hmm. so That's if great. i had so it, it it wasn't a literal forgiveness of her but it sure it sure just opened up yeah everything that why this needed to be the way it was yeah it's good so what is emotional legacy? Because we've had this conversation, the three of us, but I, I'd love for you to get in that a little bit. We only got a couple more minutes, okay. but uh, just if you can give people, and I know you're still formulating it and it's going to be a thing and uh, don't try to steal it because uh, we will trademark you and we'll come after you if you're listening. And you, no, but this concept is amazing and I really think people need to hear it. So, um, The emotional legacy is the relationship we have with ourselves and our emotions and the feelings and this whole experience called life. The, the learning to, um, the knowing that it's all here for us mm. and how to turn towards it and befriend the moment, the feeling, the the knowing we're connected to ourselves and and just to the oneness of of all of this and that we're not we are a separate entity and one very i mean in, in many ways and yet we're all connected and that we don't have to um take on the wounds of other people yeah we get to process our lives here now and help model for our children that loving acceptance of ourselves, our confidence. I mean, I have other acronyms. Um, how to meet ourselves where we are, accept that we're unique human separate entities, um, have confidence that, that we can fail and fall and and 
learn from learn from life from everything that we were experiencing in every moment and and be available to ourselves and to each other when we give that kind of emotional legacy that that we use all emotions all feelings for what they're trying to help us with that that's the kind of emotional legacy that we want to pass on give on yeah and so oh that's yeah i'll sit on that a second that's really cool i'm kind of trying to take in all you're saying so this is my way of reflecting back of what i'm hearing or another way of putting it you can tell me if you think this Mm -hmm. is right or not but it's almost like you're trying if i we we, we wear glasses cheryl and i both wear glasses it's almost like if you're passing on your glasses as a symbol to your child like they're going to wear these glasses you want that to be as clean as possible you don't want to have a filter i guess across it so that they can do all the things you just said. Does that, are you following my analogy or not so much? Um, I, I'm following, but I'm, I'm, I'm seeing all the ways that it's not working for me. <laughs> As in terms of, that's almost what we don't want to do. Because we are not passing on our glasses. We're finding what glasses... I'm saying if everyone they, has glasses... Everyone, same prescription. No, everyone's going to have glasses. All right, go with me. Everyone in the world has to have glasses. They don't physically have glasses. I'm saying you have a child and it has a pair of glasses. I have a pair of glasses. I'm saying I want that kid's glasses because they have to have glasses. That's just that's just part of reality to be clear and clean so that they can show up in the world without a distortion. So I didn't go. I didn't go roll in the mud with my glasses before handing them off to my children and saying, here's your You see what I'm saying? It's almost like a gene trait more so. I was trying to put it in a tangible and forgive me if I went too uh, metaphorical on you or or, whatever, but... but, uh, No, so I see what you're saying. Yeah. The clarity of what we pass on to them, absolutely, so that it's clean. Our, Our stuff is out of the way because they have enough on their shoulders to figure out about who they are and how they fit into the world without bearing the load of ours as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So our... You don't want to put your prescription and their prescription. Exactly. To to that analogy, right? Just they need their own clean prescription. I don't know. I'll I'll let you be there. All right. You just (laughs) (laughs) throw some more nuts in the air, move the shells around and keep moving. Um, Anyways, um... No, that's really good. So this is the last thing we're gonna do. So uh, thank you for joining us. This has been awesome. So good. And we keep digging into people all have this to scroll so back long. and take notes on their um, on what you're saying and all those kind of things. And we'll try to maybe we can make a picture or something that has the different um, acronyms that she used because those yeah. are helpful. Just put it to on our Facebook page. Over. We have that content already. So um, last thing we're gonna do is, um, and we can banter if you need time to think about this. But the question <laughs> for you is, what challenge do you have? And I want to. As, as practical as possible um, that someone can do. For example, the breathing thing that you said with the awareness, that was a good one. But but what challenge do you have for people who are listening to implement, to carry out thriving or to walk into thriving um, based on the concepts you were talking about? Did that, my question make sense? Mm-hmm. The, that awareness piece that I had you do, I'm trying to be concise. Um, I think one of the most profound shifts happens 
within any given moment, start with self-compassion. For you, for the situation, for the other person's situation. Um, I mean, you start with the self-compassion because there are a whole bunch of parts of you showing up. And when you turn to see that, it can it can melt away the the hard mm-hmm. the edges of it the sharpness the pain the suffering of it pain not might not go away but the but the suffering suffering we can bring to ourselves in any given moment however small or however big um, going to self compassion is huge and so how do you do that so you're in the middle of life's crazy storms how do you yeah. how do you interact with yourself with self-compassion because i love the idea but i don't know how to implement yeah, it. yeah exactly so the woman one of the many people i've studied with um susie lula has a course called learning the language of self-compassion that i have found to be transformational i know there are others Kristen neff does a whole lot of stuff um i've tried her silence i mean her self-compassion break um, and she and she has a whole slew of stuff there too as well. Um, I happen to have found privately and personally as well as in my coaching practice that Susie Lula's process of and, and I don't feel at liberty to give the details of that. Sure. Yeah. Um, but one, you could go take a look. Mm-hmm. But the general gist of it, if it's in any moment stop and turn to yourself and however you might organically naturally help yourself know the basic tenets of it is that I see you that I mentioned that I can do in terms of gratitude that gratitude which everybody knows about towards yourself Mm -hmm. towards the part of you that's saying hey look at me gratitudes towards that um, understanding towards that and that awareness part that we talked about, being there for ourselves, mm-hmm. I, that with ICU tool that I used, is is one way to do it. But those cons- and that knowing that I'm here for you, I'm yeah. here for me. I the the um. I don't know if that helps. It might no, be a little good. too general. That's, good. Well, that's no, no, really that's good. good. So, I feel like that. That gives some really so good So you're tools. there, you're in the midst of it, and the important part is to realize you need to step into a self-compassion um, role or whatever. Do something with that. So you're kind of talking to yourself in that sense, right? Right. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm just exactly. trying to... Exactly. And then um, saying, okay, what am I going on? Why well, I see you. And kind of take a awareness of yourself. Could take a... Right. You know, the check engine light came on and or exactly. whatever, you know? That just wanted to sort of say, talking about a practice, if you're one who's willing to do this, like put at some regular interval, put a little buzz on your phone that says, do a check-in. That's good. That's good. Okay, where am I? Yep. Turning towards myself with compassion. Where am I? However you want to do that. And that practice Noticing that I notice my body's doing this. Mm-hmm. I notice putting that I notice in front of it. Mm-hmm. I notice my um, my heart. I'll tell you, if you guys can attune to your heart, you are in great shape. Um, if you heard me, I just 
had in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, Throw more nuts. Okay. <laughs> Move the shell. <laughs> so that kind of thing of, of on a regular basis, knowing that you're okay, you've got this awareness part that's always with you. In fact, you have a really wise adult part that's always there for you. Mm, so good. it's your learning how to call that forth yeah, in any good. given moment. That's great. That's well, how you'll thrive. Sorry. Thank you, Cheryl. Oh, no, no, wonderful. that's awesome. I love that. So much I love the stuff. check-ins, and I think that that's, that's good. And we have to do that a lot of times when we're working or doing stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, where am I? What's going on? All right. Now I know what to do, you know, yeah. kind of that sociology piece. So, well, thank you so much. It's You're been welcome. so good. Great getting with that you. Was fantastic. And, um, Wonderful. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.